Yes, welcome, welcome. Let me say again, just a welcome to you that our, our guests, you received a, um, a worship guide when you came in. There's a little insert here. We'd love for you to fill this out and place it in the offering plate when the offering is passed toward the end or also at the end of the service. Immediately following, my wife and I will be out over by the coffee shop. We would love to meet you and give you a copy of one of the books I've written. Bring this with you so we can uh, see your name and get to know you if you choose to do that, or you can drop it in the offering plate, uh, as I said a moment ago. So many amazing things that are happening in and through our church. Uh, if, you, if you look around, you say we're a little down in numbers today because we've got a lot of people out who are serving in Port Arthur, Texas. Uh, Ashley and I were there all day Friday and again yesterday, and a lot of Great Hills people are there still helping those so devastated from Hurricane Harvey. Can you believe it was August 25th when the storm came? And I was in a home all day Friday that was just completely destroyed and water 10, 12 feet high. It was so, so sad. But we were there being the hands and feet of Christ and helping out every way that we can. Speaking of helping out, many of you will go. I know we did last year. Uh, downtown and did the March for Life. And so let me encourage you to do that as we are a voice for the unborn. For those that don't have a voice, we want to, we want to speak up for them. So Great Hills, I just love you. I'm so proud of you. Uh, the way that God is using us and the way that uh, He is just, we're, we're a conduit that the Holy Spirit just pours through us and He is touching so many other people's lives. Well, the month of January is a special month for us here at Great Hills. What we're doing is we are looking at mission of the church, vision of the church, uh, the values that we hold dear as a church. And then next week, we'll conclude this series with the pathway that God is leading us. So today, uh, we're going to look at the core values, those guiding principles that bind us together as a local church here in Northwest Austin. And let me just say again, if you are here today, it is not by an accident. Somebody invited you. Uh, God gave you the physical wherewithal, the health and the ability to be able to come, and we are delighted that you are here. In fact, that's why we are here, is because God is drawing you for the very first time to come and participate, and we want you to know that you are welcome here. So many come and move to Austin, and they're brand new. They're looking for schools. They're looking for a place to live. They're, they're, they're in jobs and so forth, but we think that one of the most important things that you can find is a community of faith, a place, a church where you can come and call your home. So there's a couple of things that are new that I want to show you today um, in, this, in this message. We have a brand new website, and you'll see the first page of that website. And we do encourage you to go home and click on it and, and surf it, look at it. And they are so, uh, it, it just looks so good. It's so clean. It's so simple. And so you see the front page of it there. And that is, the, that is our, our brand new website, some of our new color schemes. And also you see the logo in the, in the upper left-hand corner. Also, we're going to give you a gift today. As you leave, we have a brand new color brochure that just looks absolutely phenomenal. And we want to give you a copy of it and ask you to do a couple of things with this brochure. First of all, we want you to enjoy it because it lists our mission, our vision, our values, and the path that we are on. And, it's, and it delineates each age group. I mean, there's a whole section in there for our college ministry, for our adults, from infants, preschool students. You'll see it all in there, our mission. And so please take this. On your way out, we were really tempted to give it to you as you came in. But I'll be honest with you, it is so good, I don't think you would have listened to me. I think you'd have been doing this the whole time going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and just looking at it. So we save it for you. We want you to have it. 
And it really is a powerful document that we're very proud of. It took months and months to prepare this. And so we wanna give it to you, take it, look at it. And then as you go, share it with someone. When you talk about core values, everybody has them. Those values, those principles upon which you stand and around which everything else emanates from. So our values, our principles, there are five of them that we're gonna look at and they are all deeply rooted in God's word in the scriptures. In fact, when you go to the book of Acts, in Acts chapter two, we read about the very first church, the church at Jerusalem. The church was birthed, by the way, in Acts 1.14, it was birthed in prayer. There was a prayer movement in Jerusalem and Jesus already predicted it. He said, listen, I am going to build my church and I want you to gather in Jerusalem because somebody's coming. Somebody's gonna come and it will never be the same. I, in fact, I've got to leave in order that he might come. Of course, we know who that person was. It was the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit comes in Acts chapter two and that Genesis moment, that inception moment of the church of Jesus Christ it goes from 120 to 3,120 in a nanosecond. And it is a beautiful thing to behold. And then Acts chapter two, they congregate and they gather together. And in 40 through 47, we see the salient features or ingredients of the first church. And so I think it's just absolutely imperative for any church, new church, traditional church, old church, whatever church, it is absolutely, if we're gonna call ourselves a church, and I think it's absolutely foundational and imperative that we build our church upon the bedrock truth of the Word of God, of the Scriptures. Why would we want to do anything else? Why would we want to create something when something's already been given to us that far exceeds anything that we could create in our own strength and in our own uh, humanity? So as we begin today, I want you to enjoy this message. I want you to be blessed by this message. And for those of you that are looking for a church, may this resonate with you. May you say in your spirit, this is what I believe. This is what I've been hoping for. This is what I've been looking for, a church that focuses on the Word of God, focuses on people, loves others. Well, you found your place. The Bible says, and with many other words, he, Peter, testified and he exhorted them and he said, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. The antecedent for them would be the 120 gathered in the upper room, all right? And they continued steadfastly. Now they would be the ecclesia, the church of Jerusalem. This nascent, brand new organism, movement of God that Jesus Christ himself came from heaven and purchased with his blood on the cross he arose from the dead. He has paid the price for all the sins of anybody who will only believe. And he, he goes back to the Father in heaven. The Holy Spirit comes, he gathers the church and Peter stands up and he preaches the gospel. 3,000 people are saved and baptized and then they start meeting. Now, they didn't have a beautiful facility like this and they did not have um, magnificent uh, places of worship, but they did have homes. And that's where they would meet. They would meet out in the temple courtyard and, and in vast areas, but they really didn't have a structure that they could call their own. So here's what they would do. They would meet and they would listen to the apostles' doctrine, the teaching of the apostles. 
and they would fellowship. Koinonia means to share life together. And in the breaking of bread, there must have been some Baptists in there, amen, because they like to eat, they like to fellowship, like to be with one another. Now, the breaking of the bread could mean two things. It could mean, number one, fellowship, and just eating some, I don't know, whatever they wanted to eat back then, and just having a good time. But it also would mean the breaking of the bread of the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, and they would observe that. And they would pray. That was very vital for the early church to spend lots of time in prayer. Then fear came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now, all who believed were together. There's a sweet spirit of unity and harmony within this early church. And everybody had all things in common. That is miraculous, is it not? I mean, just like today, people are the same back then. They have their own preferences. They have their own opinions. They have their own styles. They have their own ideas. But what the early church did is they laid that aside for a greater good. They knew that God had left them there for an express purpose. And that was, as Jesus said, go out and tell the gospel, tell the world that a Savior has come. And so that's what drives them. And so when they gather together, they worship God, they study the apostles' doctrine, they eat together, they do life together, and then they go and live it. And here's what they did also. They sold their possessions. <coughs> they sold their possessions and goods, and they divided them up. They divided among all as anybody had a need. So they continued daily in one accord. Please don't miss that, Great Hills. That's vital to understanding the, the dynamics of a, of a really a New Testament church. Again, you have that ideal of harmony and of unity and purpose and mission and vision. And we're all in this boat together, sailing these waters for the glory of God to the propagation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But it's imperative that we get along, that we actually like each other and love one another. And the early church had that in spades. They loved each other. They enjoyed being with one another. And so as the Spirit of God just filled them and encouraged them, they were a conduit. And when they would go out and live their life and preach, others, in fact, many others, as you read the book of Acts, tons of people start coming into the kingdom of God through the witness of these early believers. So they're continuing daily in one accord in the temple, all right? So they are in the temple area. And then they, they say, well... <laughs> We can't house everybody in one location, so let's do this. Let's go to the homes. And so they would break bread from house to house, oikos to oikos. And they ate their food with gladness. Do you, it just pulsates, doesn't it? It's just palpable, the joy, the unity, the happiness, if you will. Listen, Jesus Christ did not die uh, to fill earth with a bunch of sad Christians, you know? Some of y'all need to lighten up a little bit this morning. It's okay. You can smile. You can say, yeah, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm going to heaven. Hallelujah. Why am I so sad? I mean, I got joy. I got the joy of Jesus in my life, man. And so they had this spirit of gladness and it wasn't very complicated. It was just really simple, simplicity of heart. And watch this, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. They're praising God. They enjoyed favor with all the people now watch this, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So if you will, let's extract uh, five really core principles from that church 
and apply them by the power of the Holy Spirit to our church. What does Great Hills Baptist Church 10,500 Jollyville look like? I hope, I really hope that we look a lot like that and that our core values are the same core values as that church. Number one, thank you, Lord, for the teaching of the Word of God. That is core value number one. If you're here today and you're a member at Great Hills Baptist Church, you can rest assured that this church has been, is currently, and I do pray forever will be deeply rooted in the scriptures. And we will teach the word of God. <coughs> not just talk about the Bible, not just open it and say, let's read this and close it and you never see it again. Uh, that's not a church to me. That is a, that's a country club. That's a community. That's a pep talk. That's a, a philosophical ideology of feel-good-ism religion that is permeating America. Churches are being filled to the maximum with psychological encouraging pep talks that do very little biblical teaching. We will teach the Bible. Listen, friends, if you're new to this church, this, this pastor, but some people thought he lost his mind. For two years, he preached on the hell, the wrath of God from the book of Revelation. Come on. The book of Revelation. I told the whole book of Revelation. And some of you are like, yes, I was hoping Jesus would come. Man, you were killing me. And listen, we, we need it. We believe it. It's not just something we talk. We really do believe in the Bible. And so we will teach the word of God. You see it there. And they were continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Doctrine drove this early church, teaching, worshiping God with our minds, giving God our best and love the Lord your God with all your heart, so mind in strength. A great verse, one of the guiding principles of our church is 2 Timothy 3, 16. All scripture is theonustos. Theos is God, pneuma is spirit, meaning all the Bible is God breathed. Mm, that's powerful. And it is profitable for the following things, for doctrine. Do you notice that? The first thing the word of God is given to us, not that we can have a pep talk, psychological feel-goodism religion, no. The word of God is given to us so that we could study it and understand it and apply it to our lives. It is not to judge us. It is not to say, oh, you bunch of reprobates, how horrible you are. This is a love letter that God has given to us. His judgments, his, they are warnings to us saying, there's an oncoming car in the, and you're standing in the middle of the road. Get out of the way and God's word will help us do that. But it also comforts us and it also gives us great healing and, and it teaches us. So it's given to us and it's profitable for doctrine and for, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Watch this. So that the man of God can be complete. The woman of God will be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Core value number one is the teaching of the word of God. Number two, a very important value in our church is building the family. We do believe in the homogeneous nuclear unit of a family, of a husband and a wife and their offspring. The Bible says that God created the family and he, he created it for the purpose of procreation so that children could be born and nurtured and taught Deuteronomy 6 to fear God and to love God. The family is so important. Did y'all see it in Acts chapter two? Not only did they meet in the temple ground, tell me again, where did they meet? 
house to house. Who lives in houses? <laughs> families. I told you it's simple, right? It, yeah, families. When you read Acts chapter 10, you read Acts chapter 16. In the first text, you have Cornelius and his whole family comes to faith in Christ. In Acts chapter 16, the Philippian jailer and his whole family come to faith in Christ. The Bible, the Bible says it, we are created in God's image and it's God's design. It's his desire for a man and a wife to fall in love and to, and to get married and, and, and have babies and fill the earth and enjoy this life that God has given us. And at Great Hills, from infant all the way to senior adults, you will see through the tapestry and the thread of this church, we love the family. And we really want to build families. And by the way, Great Hills, families are moving in droves to Northwest Austin. They're about 36 years of age, they have two kids, and they're highly educated, they're very professional, and they're moving out of California, they're moving all over, and they're coming to Austin, Texas, and may they find in Great Hills Baptist Church a church that will love them, nurture them, encourage them, and build their family. That's what I wanna do, I want to do this. So desperately want people to know that our church exists we love the Word of God and we love families. You say, well, hold on just a second, time out. I'm a single adult. And you say that with a little edge about you, you know, like, I'm a single adult. Wait, all this talk about families, there must not be any place for me. Listen, Paul was a single adult. I think there was a place for him. <laughs> Listen, if you're single, we want you to know that we absolutely love you. There are many single adults at Great Hills Baptist Church, and there are many more moving in. In fact, you just look at some of these apartments around our facility, around our church campus, single adults are moving in by the droves. And I want you to hear this from my heart, single adults, because I want you to know, not only do we love you and appreciate you, I wanna go on record and say that we absolutely need you. <laughs> We need your vitality. We, we need your faithfulness to God. We need you standing strong in a sea of immorality. When, when it's so popular just to go along with the crowd, we hope that we can model for you behavior as families, and we're hoping you can model for us behavior as single adults who love Jesus. And it could be you might find your future spouse here. That's okay. You know, that, that's quite okay. But what if you do remain single? Then you remain single and, and you serve God and you love God and you know that we love you. I want you to hear this, that we love you, we need you. We need you serving in our church. We need you participating in our church. We are about the family and that includes everybody. I mentioned these uh, these biblical texts, Acts chapter 2, but let me, let me read this one, Romans 12. I love this text. For as we have many members in one body, I would say single adults, married adults, older people, younger people, but watch this. All the members, we don't have the same function. <laughs> so we being many, we're one body in Christ, and we're individually members of one another. Isn't that beautiful? God grafts us as single adults, as married adults, young and old, he, there's this beautiful tapestry. This, he webs, he puts us together in a family called Great Hills Baptist Church. And we bring all of our, our gifts, 
our idiosyncrasies, our differences, and God amalgamates that, he brings that together, and he, he, he makes us so much stronger together than we could ever be separately or individually. So as you watch around our campus, you, you'll see these aesthetic changes. You'll see paint and you'll see some things that, that look different. Here's, here's what I want you to hear me in this. People are, are needing the Lord and we want to do everything in our power to teach the Word of God, build families, and do whatever we can to reach out to them and say, come, come and be a part of us. We don't want anything to hinder you. We certainly don't want to create any kind of barrier. So you come and you be a part of what God is doing here on this corner here in Northwest Austin. So teach the Word of God, build up the family. Number three is serve and reach others. Now, if, if you have been here for any amount of time, then you probably know this really is a core value guiding principle that binds us together. I would say of all the things, Great Hills, that we do, this, this may be the thing that we do the best. And, and if I hope that's okay, that you let me brag on you for just a minute, we serve God by serving others. When I talk about reach, listen, our mission is to seek and save, anybody? The lost. That's what Jesus said in, in, in uh, Luke 19, 10. And then that's our mission. Our, our vision is that we will be this multi-generational, multicultural church that is reaching out with all that we have, reaching out, touching people, encouraging people, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting the, the poor, going to the prisons, preaching the gospel in this nation and the nations of the world. And so we do that for that one lost soul. You know, Jesus said, I will leave you people. <laughs> in Luke 15, one through seven, he said, all you religious people, I will leave you all. And I will go find that one straggling, struggling, isolated soul. And I will do everything that I can to reach him or her and bring them in the fold. Listen, you're already in the fold. Do you remember what it was like to not be in the fold? You remember what it was like to be struggling and, and, and challenged and on your way to a very difficult place in life? I mean, you, you're on your way to hell and you're like, man, I need hope, I need help. And somebody reached out to you and, and brought you into the family of God, to a local church family. That's what we do. That's why God has left us here, okay? So anything that we can do, <laughs> If we can paint a pretty bulletin, if we can put out a new sign, if we can put some paint on walls, if we can change things up and it's going to help that one struggling lost soul, then I'm all in. I want to do whatever I can and lead us to do whatever we can, not compromising the gospel, but certainly compromising our methodologies and our paints and our aesthetic looks, anything that we can to reach people. Speaking of that, I'm so thrilled to announce to you today that a lot of people that would have been here today and they would have been giving tithes and offerings to this church, they are about 20 minutes north of us and they're meeting together and they're giving their tithes and offerings to Cornerstone Community Church. Today is their launch day. And Ashley and I had the great privilege of going up there this morning and there's Pastor Stu and there's their uh, new logo and that's me. Uh, he had just given me a gift and it was what they give all of their new guests. They give them a, a little gift package. 
Well, I reached in my pocket and gave him $50,000 is what I gave him. My gift was a little bit bigger than his gift. And uh, you say, no, you didn't. You didn't really do that. You and Ashley don't have that kind of money. No, we don't, but you do, and we gave it, so thank you. I really want to put our mouth, uh, our money where our mouth is. We say we believe in reaching people. Listen, the number one way to reach people in America today is to plant new churches. And we, as the Southern Baptist Convention, we have got to latch onto this. We're doing a much better job, but we've got so far to go. So Stuart, he doesn't know what's in that envelope. He's going to pass out when he, when he goes home and opens up that envelope. That goes along with the $50,000 we gave him just last year. And we're continuing to pay Stuart's salary all of last year and all of 2018. And we're asking them, give all of your money, your tithes, and your offerings to Cornerstone Church. Great Hills will be okay. We're trusting God that he will replace you with new people who will come and help us in our mission here. It is a great leap of faith. And I'm so glad that we get the privilege of doing that. As I mentioned a moment ago, we're in uh, Port Arthur and we were serving there and we were reaching people and helping people and it was such a blessing to do that. And then yesterday morning, I had breakfast with a, with a pastor, Pastor Ochester, he had been there 20 years. He had maybe 150 people in his church. And uh, he just loves Jesus just as much as you and me. He has a PhD in Old Testament and Hebrew from Dallas Theological Seminary. And he and his sweet wife, she had the flu. Great Hills Baptist Church, we have partnered with them. We've adopted them. They're called Central Baptist Church in uh, Port Arthur, Texas. And this pastor lost all of his library. And he was just devastated. The Austin Disaster Relief Network said, we need some churches in Austin who will volunteer and partner with these churches. My hand was one of the first ones that went up. And they said, great, thank you. I think we're about one of 20 in Austin that did this. And so we went down there yesterday and I gave him a check for $1,000. Thank you, by the way, for giving tithes and offerings. And I told him, I said, this is $1,000. And by the way, this is for you because you lost your library. And he almost started crying, guys. Let me tell you something, there's somebody in Port Arthur, Texas that loves him some great Hills Baptist Church. And then this week, Ashley and I from our ministry, we're gonna write a check. It won't be quite that much, but we're gonna send him some money and we're praying for him. And our church is praying for him. His name is Phil Sigmund, Central Baptist Church. And I told him, we are praying for you. So why are you doing that, Brother Dan? Why are you doing all that? Why, Why are you leading us to go do all those things? Because Jesus said, I have come to seek and save the lost. And Jesus said, inasmuch as you've done it to one of the least of these, you've done it for me. Jesus said, go and to the nations and make disciples. Jesus said, go and love people, help people. Don't just sit around and just just be satisfied with the status quo, but love people. Get out of your comfort zone and go to a hurting world. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. And I thank you, Great Hills. Thank you, thank you. A million times thank you for having this passion to do what Jesus said in Matthew 28. All authority has been given unto me, he said. In 19, he said, go therefore make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Here it is, and then teach them. Church family, we're not just in to seeing people come to faith. We're in to seeing people come to faith and then discipling them so that they are grounded in the teachings of Jesus. Jesus said, teach them to observe everything, all things that I have commanded you. And lo, 
I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I, I know this is, uh, <laughs> this, is, well, this is just my heart, right? So I got to take just a little more time and share this core value of reaching people because Great Hills, li listen to my heart on this. If we catch this, if we really understand that we are here to help reach more people that don't know Jesus that are going to hell, it will, it will revolutionize our church. We will lay petty things aside. We will say, oh, that really doesn't, doesn't matter. But man, what matters is that we're going after hurting lost people. So let me share this true story with you. Jeffrey Samplaski. He's our student pastor here at Great Hills. He also happens to be my son in love. We love him. Where is he? I hope he's in church today. Amen. That's good. <laughs> I sure do love his wife too. Amen. <laughs> my sweetie. Um, so Jeffrey is with a bunch of college students in Atlanta, Georgia, just a couple weeks ago, about three weeks ago. And they're at this passion conference. It's 1.15 in the morning. It's 15 degrees outside. And Jeffrey, I think he forgot something. And his sweet wife said, honey, would you go get something for me out of the van? And like a good husband, he says, yes, dear, I, I will go. I will go get it. And he goes out there. He has his jacket on and it's dark. There's nobody in the parking lot. Jeffrey's by himself. Well, not completely by himself because he's got friends. You know what I'm saying? Friends. Y'all know what that means? You got packing, all right? And the guy says, hey, buddy. And I thought, uh-oh. Hey. Jeffrey turned, and here comes this guy walking towards him. And then when Jeffrey's telling the story, I said, now, Jeffrey, you, you were ready, right? You were protected. He said, oh, yes, sir. He said, sir, I, I, I got to ask you a question. This is a strange question. This, this man just walks up to him. It's 15 degrees. It's 1.15 a.m. And he goes, I am freezing. Do you have any thermal underwear? That's <laughs> what, I mean, I'm seriously, Jeffrey, is that the truth? Do you have any, we call them in Alabama long johns. I don't know what that means, but anyhow, a thermal underwear. Y'all know what that stuff is? <coughs> and Jeffrey said, sir, I, I, I do not, but I'll tell you what I do have. I've got a jacket and I'm going to give it to you. And Jeffrey takes his jacket off and it's freezing cold. He gives this man his jacket and the man takes the jacket and he looks at Jeffrey, he says, why in the world would you give me your jacket when you're freezing? And this is what Jeffrey said. He said, because Jesus Christ is my king and Jesus has clothed me in his righteousness and Jesus has saved me. How can I not help you and bless you? And so please take my jacket. And what happens next is what's amazing. The man took a step back and he says, sir, I got to tell you something you don't know. And Jeffrey said, what's that? He said, I'm a Muslim. But because of what you just did, I'm going to take your faith very seriously and I'm going to consider giving my life to the God that you serve. Isn't that amazing? And I got chill bumps on me. When that happens, Great Hills, that is us at our best. We don't have to go to Atlanta, Georgia to do that, amen? I mean, they're all around us, people everywhere that are hurting, that are struggling. And, and I'd love for people to be able to associate Great Hills with reaching people, missions, evangelism, loving the lost. That's why God has left us here. Fourth core value, number four is prayer. 
And now and I know you could argue with me, why isn't this core value number one? And again, I would say, you know, you're probably right. It probably should be number one because everything centers on prayer because we know without a doubt that everything we have and all the power and ability we could ever possess comes from our great God. It's Him and Him alone who infuses us with power. It's Him that gives us the capacity to love. And our dependency is totally upon the Lord. And the early church, uh, you, you know they did that. Uh, in, in core value three, when it says reach people and preach the gospel, there's Peter preaching. 3,000 people are saved. Verse 47 says, and God adds to the church daily. But when you come to prayer, I hope you notice in verse 42, it said, and they continued... <coughs> Excuse me. They continued in prayer. It's not that prayer was just a part of the birth of the movement, but prayer was the birth and it continued and they continued to pray. You see prayer throughout. In fact, Jesus, he prayed so much that the disciples said, Jesus, teach us to pray because prayer was so foundational and fundamental in his relationship to the Father. And it is the same for us today. And thank you, Ross Hartsfield. Thank you for our warriors on the wall. Thank you, Great Hills Baptist Church, for 40 days of prayer and fasting this fall. And I'm watching God and, and answer to those prayers and the mighty things that we're seeing God do and the, and the growth that we're experiencing and the joy that we're having. I really believe it can be traced back to 40 days when you would come into the sanctuary. And I watched you every Tuesday for seven Tuesdays. You came in and you were hungry. Your tummies were growling, and mine was too. There are about 150, 200 of us in here for an hour. All we do is just pray, just praying and seeking the face of God. And then we had those, those prayer stations here. Thank you, Daniel Van Cleve and Bud Bruner. Praise the Lord for those prayer stations and reading the Word of God for hours upon hours. And, and I just believe that God looked down from heaven, and I think he smiled, and I think God may have said, watch this. <laughs> watch what I'm about to do. I'm about to bless you, Great Hills Baptist Church. You believe in prayer. You believe in the Word of God. You believe in, you, you take to heart what's on my heart, and I will bless you. And he is blessing us. James 5, 16 says, confess your sins or your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The fifth thing, my final thing on the core values of Great Hills Baptist Church is growing better together, stronger together, if you will. We are called to be a part of a bigger family. And the friendships that we develop here and the investments we make will last not only this lifetime, but for an eternity. And through our groups, our connect groups, our small groups, our serving groups, our fellowships, our fun, we are here for one another to build relationships. You know, people aren't looking for a friendly church. They're looking for friends. You ever heard that? Let me say that again. People aren't so much looking for a friendly church. They're looking for friends because anybody can be friendly, right? Oh, welcome. Come in. How are you doing? But a friend will hang around after the church and say, how are you doing? Can I take you to lunch? What's going on in your life? Anything that we can do? Now, that is what people are starving and they're craving for. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. 
not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. People say, where does it say in the Bible I'm supposed to go to church? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Translation, go to church. Show me that again, because I got lots of friends at work. They do not believe in the local established church. Hebrews 10, 24 says, go to church. Well, it says it a lot more eloquently than that, right? It says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhort one another, admonish one another, encourage one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Well, it's all in Acts chapter 2, right? They are, they are together. They are bonded, cemented together with love and, and, and enjoying the favor of the people and praising God and house to house. And anybody that had a need, they, they sell their possessions and they, and they give to one another. They take care of one another. Let me make a statement. It's, it's a very powerful statement. I wish I had a thought of this, but Pastor Johnny Hunt beat me to it. And here's what he said. He said, the church that shines the furthest shines the brightest at home. Okay at home. So we have to be unified. We have to be together. We, we, have to, we have to get along, John 17. There has to be this unity, this spirit of congeniality and civility and patience and love with, with us because if we are fragmented and divided and if we're fussing with one another and angry with one another, th then watch this church, we can't be together and do what God has called us to do. And God has called us, he's called Great Hills to do some amazing things, to reach people, to love the lost. And, and I'm so thrilled to tell you today, it's not just it's not just a pious platitude. It's not just saying, yeah, we need to go reach the no, church. I just want y'all to know, Great Hills, y'all are amazing. And we have a team even right now in Ukraine. We have a team about to go to South Asia. We have teams going all the time and we do not neglect home. We love Austin. We are we are deeply committed to Austin. I'm the chairman of the Christ Together for Greater Austin. Your pastor is in the midst of it, and I am doing all that I can to help lead our city and to help lead Great Hills to love Austin and minister to our great city. And the last thing I want to say, and it's probably the most controversial thing I want to say, so I guess I just won't say it. It's going to upset some of you, okay? I think there's only one way we don't do great things for God. I think there's only one thing that's going to stop us. It has stopped us in the past. It's, it's breaking loose now, and I think that's why we're seeing this momentum. Now, I think for almost, well, going on uh, seven years, going into my eighth year, I think I've earned the right to say what I'm about to say, okay? You say, what are you about to say? I'm about to say what God told me to say. And it's this, this is the only thing that I think that could stop us. And it's the spirit, the demonic spirit of offense. That's the only thing, 
the Spirit of God spoke to my heart and said, tell them this. The only thing that will prevent Great Hills Baptist Church from being an amazing New Testament church is the spirit of John the Baptist. John the Baptist got upset with Jesus. He said, what are you doing? Why am I in this prison? He was mad, right? Luke chapter 7, read it. He's a good man. There are great people in this church. But there is a spirit of offense. It's deeply rooted in pride. I can't figure out completely where it came from and how it landed so deeply. It's stained within the fabric of Great Hills Baptist Church. I've, I've pastored four churches. I've never seen a spirit so deeply entrenched in a church where, and it's hundreds upon hundreds of people have been offended and they leave. Now, some of you here today need to hear me. It's not a matter of when, not a matter of if, you will be upset with something in this church. We are a church, we are not perfect. You're led by a very imperfect person. I make mistakes, I have made mistakes, mercy. I've said things, I've done, th I'm sorry. I am not a perfect pastor and I apologize, but hold on, hold on. I'm not through making mistakes, all right? I mean, I, only Jesus can be perfect. I am not perfect and I'm, I apologize and I mean that. But there, there's gonna come a time when something will happen, something's gonna look different. Somebody's gonna say something, somebody's not gonna say something. We're gonna do something. And you'll have, this, you'll have this wound and you're gonna be offended. And I really hesitate to say what I'm about to say next, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it. And I'm not gonna say their names, but they were offended. And just two weeks ago, they came to me and they said, I do not like this. And they pointed it out. And I said, okay, but I tried to explain why we're doing this. And they both were very, very strong in saying, I don't like this. And I'm saying, okay, but this is why we did it. And then they said, okay. And they're good. And they're still here. They love the Lord, they love the church, and they're like, okay, that's good. I'm like, whew, man. Here, here's a little statement I, 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 want us to, I want to encourage you with. When you get upset, respond with this. I love my church. No church is perfect. I am not perfect. This is my church. I am staying. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Would you, would you read that again for me? Everybody's clapping. I didn't hear you. Okay, thank you. Let me read it. I love my church. No church is perfect. I am not perfect. This is my church. So I am staying. If you'll bow your heads and close your eyes with me, we'll move into a time of invitation. And we'll invite people. That's what an invitation is. We invite you. If you're here today and we've tried, really tried, to let you know that you're that one lost sheep and some sweet precious grandmother prayed you right into this church today and we're thrilled that you're here today and we don't take that lightly we we take the value of your soul incredibly seriously so we are thrilled that you're here today would you just would you just know that God is not against you God really does love you he loves you so much so welcome, welcome to this church. Welcome to the family of God. 
It's really simple. The only thing that you have to do is just say, God, I give up. I can't do this on my own. Would you forgive me of my sins? Jesus, I believe that you are who you say you are. Oh, my dear friend, if you will just do that, then watch what God will do. God will do miracles in your life. And we as a church, we will commit to help you, to nurture you, to disciple you. We had many men. It was a beautiful thing. Wednesday night, room full of men being discipled and getting ready so that they could disciple you and help you in your faith. Yesterday, the Titus 2, many ladies are here and they're having a wonderful time and they go Facebook live and there's like bunches of people. And and you say, well, why are they doing that? They're getting encouragement so that they could go and help somebody else. And that's a beautiful core value of Great Hills Baptist Church of reaching people, teaching people, helping people. So if you're here today and that is you, then just be blessed. Know that that's why we're here. That's why Jesus left us here is to seek and save the lost for the one. Go and make disciples. So if you'll just pray and ask the Lord for his help, if you'll let us know, we'll be happy to help you and encourage you. Maybe you're here today and you're a single adult and you're just hoping, hoping, hoping the pastor just might say something to let you know that you're valued and you're encouraged or just know that the Spirit of God impressed so hard upon me to let you know that he does love you. Don't be offended. Don't let your heart be hardened. Let, let God just in. Let him do a great work in you. We love you. We need you. Maybe you're here today and you're that family. You're one of those many, many families that are moving in by the droves and you're looking and you're, you're open. Church is a foreign thing to you. You haven't been to church in a long time, but somebody loved you so much, they were just almost persistent, were they not? And you came and you were hoping, you are really hoping that it would be a friendly bunch. You are really hoping it wouldn't be a bunch of pop psychology and a bunch of feel-goodism. You were hoping for some depth and some substance, and I really do. I really do hope that you have found what you're looking for. Let us encourage you. In fact, in a little over a month, on March the 4th, we're going to begin a series of classes just for you. For three weeks, we will teach you, we will encourage you, and help you understand what it looks like to be a part of this church family that we call Great Hills Baptist Church. Maybe you're here today, and I just want to pray for all of us that... Maybe you are offended easily, and you know that's, that's you, and that's your weakness, and you would just say, Lord, help me with that. Help me, God, to do what that elderly couple did that Brother Danny talked about a moment ago. They got offended. They were upset. They didn't like it. They, they let it be known, and, they, and they're good. They're okay. Lord, would that spirit just permeate great hills? And Father, I pray this altar could just be open for anybody that has a need, anybody that just say, pray for me. Pray for my marriage. Pray for my health. Pray for me. So, Lord, we want to do that. We want to pray. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So we pray as a church in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? God bless you as you stand. Some of you will want to come. You'll want to pray, be ministered to by this church body. God bless you as you come. Thank you for being here. Lord bless you. Let's have our invitation.